Church. Welcome to Beyond Sunday. This is the fourth week in our Fear series this week. Uh, Kim Rogers, uh, who's with us, thank you for joining us. And uh, you spoke on the fear of rejection, and you did a great job. Thank you. Um, you were right on target with what I think when we were planning the series, what we hope to be able to accomplish with this weekend. So it was awesome. I, um, I'm just going to jump right in to my rejection story since you got to share yours yes, um, that did, everyone yeah. heard if you watched the sermon. Um, so it was uh, beginning of sixth grade year, the day before school, my best friend walked to my house, knocked on my front door and said, I don't want to walk to school with you tomorrow because I don't think we should hang out in middle school. <gasps> and we literally never hung out ever again. He just made that, that choice, day. middle school. He, he made that choice. I wasn't cool thing. enough for him now that we were going into middle school and it was over. Oh no. And I was devastated. We are devastated. Yeah, I was absolutely devastated. And that's so. one of the points I was making is that when we're kids, it totally devastates us when that happens. Yeah. And then ideally as we get older and we have a relationship with God, we won't be so devastated. That's what I was trying to do with this message. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be devastated as an adult, we know. But I think we usually are. Like that's all true, it, right. but it's still hard, yeah. and we still all wrestle with it. So that was my uh, that's my first memory, and it's uh, it still sticks with me sometimes. Like you I, remember, I think about like you, oh yeah, I totally remember mm-hmm, it. There's mm-hmm. no way I could forget forget it. So um, yeah, no, I thought that that I mean it strikes a nerve with everyone this message because we all have um, this this fear. We all have those stories, and you know what? Sometimes I think I I forget about how much it affects me. Like my first thought is, no, I don't have that fear. Like I'm fine. Like those, those stories don't have any power over me. And then like when I really sit and think about it, like some, for me at least, I have to dig a little bit more to realize, mm-hmm. wow, they actually do. They're still there. Mm-hmm. And there's maybe some more work for me to do. Now other people, like they don't have to dig at all. Like they, it's right there all the time right. for them um, just because they're in a different situation. For, but for me, it, my initial thought was I don't have that one. I don't have that fear. Until I realized, wait, I, I totally have it. I think for me and for a lot of women, women, we just assume nobody else has that fear, but mm-hmm. we have that fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and like maybe somebody won't like us. And it takes us right back to junior high. Like mm-hmm. if there's any sort of any sort of bit of rejection, we're right back in junior high feeling insecure and all those things. It's so interesting um, how that happens. Mm-hmm. I actually contacted two of these like Instagram influencer women mm-hmm. that have one has oh, like 137,000 followers. They have a lot of followers mm-hmm. and their life is perfectly shown in these curated right. squares. And I asked them, do you struggle with the fear of rejection? Do you, cause people will look at your site and think that must never be an issue for you. Right. Yeah. And both of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of them said, yes, when I go and meet people, I wonder they, they might not like me for me. Yeah. And so it's like, it's no respecter of persons or celebrity or mm-hmm. finances or anything. Everyone kind of carries it in the background a little bit in the shadows mm-hmm. where maybe you're not always aware of it mm-hmm. that I'm afraid maybe I won't be enough or somebody won't like me. Yeah. Yeah. I love the phrase that you used. Where it was, I think it was like two thirds of the way through or near the end of your sermon where it's how, I don't know how exactly how you phrased it, but the rejection God will use as a promotion. Something yes. Like that. How did you say that? Man's rejection can't keep you from God's promotion. Yes, that was good. Because I was talking about Joseph. Like his brothers had totally rejected mm-hmm. him, but look how God promoted him and promoted him. And when I was writing it, I had the thought, yeah, it, it, man's rejection can't keep you from God's promotion. But also sometimes it's man's rejection 
where God begins his promotion. Like we're going along our way and man's rejection actually bumps us into where we need to be Mm -hmm. or into a position where the soil is maybe a little more ready for God to plant his dreams for us or Mm -hmm. what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. And so even if we've been rejected and it's a painful time, God can actually grow something even better than what we had before. That re- the rejection, um, it causes us to search. It ta- causes us, if, if we grow through it and we choose to grow through it, it causes us to dig a little bit deeper and find mm-hmm. things about ourselves that God is going to change or improve. Um, I know that's been true for me. I remember um, um, the first time I got let go from a job, um, I was at a software company and I actually went on a missions trip with Cornerstone. This was in 05, I believe. And um, I went on a missions trip, gone for two weeks, the plane landed at the end of the missions trip and I pulled out my Blackberry um, to like start like loading my emails and stuff mm-hmm. and it wouldn't connect. And I'm like, that's super weird. My Blackberry won't connect. And so I had no service all the way driving home. We got to our house and um, you know, later that day I was like flipping through the mail and I found a Cobra notice in the <laughs> mail. So they had to shut up. And then phone. between my phone not working and getting the Cobra notice, I'm like, Shauna, I think, I was, I was, I'm fired. Like, like I we'll lost my job gone while then. I was on a missions trip, like doing good for all these people. Right, and right. I lost my job. Um, it ended up, <laughs> it ended up being the biggest blessing because I wasn't, it was an okay job, mm-hmm. but I got a much better job. I got a severance package. Like, okay, woe is me. But it ended up like I actually found a new avenue for my career that was way better. Right. That was a way better fit for me. It actually drew out what I was better at. Mm-hmm. And um, it took a f- like a week or two of just being like moping around and like, whoa, is me? Why didn't they want me? Mm-hmm. Before like things started to turn and I realized, wait a second, this is this may be the best thing ever. Like this may right. be exactly what I needed for God to take me to that that next step that He had for me. Right. I think the key is sometimes just being aware and remembering that he actually sees you. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about earlier in the series. Yeah. He sees you. He sees that your company just fired you while you were on a missions trip. Yes. And he's working. He mm-hmm. was he's he's working. He's not going to leave you stranded on a raft in the middle of the ocean. You know, he's going to work and move and just keep you keep submitting, you keep listening for a spirit to tell you what to do and where to go, and he will work his will into your Mm -hmm. path so Mm -hmm. yeah i like how you use the story of leah Mm -hmm. um and her rejection because it's such a distinct story of being rejected um in such a specific and hurtful way Mm -hmm. um and it's fascinating how jacob who was a deceiver got deceived in that way like that's actually that's kind of funny in a way it's sad but funny yeah like he got his just desserts i think in more ways yeah. than how old i mean we don't believe in karma desserts. but there's like a he oh, got you something. had that coming right yeah yeah like he took the firstborn blessing and he got the firstborn daughter for starters and then he got four wives that just he got two wives and two extra ladies that they could just fight all the time about children and him and who was mm. love more i mean the guy sounds terrible he kind of paid, he paid the price <laughs> he's like forget it esau you can have it whatever mm-hmm. um another thing about the the jacob story and the deception is i thought about that i couldn't cover in the message was um sometimes we fear rejection 
from someone, especially with a reconciled relationship, and we don't want to call and we don't want to reach out and try to patch things up because we're afraid. Mm -hmm. But with Jacob and Esau, Jacob was so afraid to meet up with Esau again. He was so afraid because Esau had wanted to kill Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And in the story, he's got his whole family and they're coming together and Esau just hugs him and welcomes him and they introduce their families like Esau had moved past it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a good thing to remember that sometimes we are expecting rejection from a place Mm -hmm. that that there isn't going to be and that it's always worth the risk to, especially with something like reconciliation, but in other things to go because you don't know what's going to happen. And I love that part Mm -hmm. of their story. Yeah, and and you're kind of taking us into the the part of of your sermon that we can talk about a little bit more, and that's of okay, what are our next steps in terms of how we heal from rejection, um, whether it's something that happened recently or something that happened decades ago, that you kind of you poked us a little bit to get us stirred up to mm-hmm. say, hey, well, I need to deal with this, and hopefully people listening are like, yeah, no, that was exactly what I need to hear because it's going to kick my butt into gear to not let this control me, right. Um, to not let fear make these decisions over my lives. And so um, remind us again, like what, what's your recommendation? And you touched on it a a few things in the sermon that you'd advise us to do to say, okay, here's how you begin to deal with this. Right. Um, I, I, I said this in the message and it sounds so strange, but God really does work this way is forgiveness is one of the very first things Mm -hmm. because rejection can make us feel very bitter. We carry a chip on our shoulder. Mm -hmm. We, you know, um, we can, as a, as a woman, I'll speak that I know so many women with chips on their shoulder and that are male bash and stuff because of the rejection they have felt. That's not the way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I literally did. I knew every person's name in elementary school who made me feel stupid or mm-hmm. ugly or nerdy or not enough and teacher and mm-hmm. I forgave them by name up through college did you ever call any of them and did no. you ever reach out or Facebook no, message and I'm not even hey I've Facebook. forgiven you I have no desire to connect with these yeah, I haven't even been sure. to any of my school reunions um <laughs> but uh I so forgiveness is yeah, key absolutely. And, and even if you just don't you can't wait till you feel like it yeah. and you can't wait for them to ask for it mm-hmm. we are called to just do it and it sets us free mm-hmm. so forgiveness letting go of the bitterness and forgiveness and then really um for a lot of people talking to someone yeah will help them um i've done that yeah. and it's there's so many things that we because it's so in the background and we don't talk about it it can still have a big place in our mm-hmm. lives and our minds and how we do things and um but to talk about it with someone else and have them reflect things back it kind of takes the power off of yeah it. Um, I was just talking to a woman who straightens her hair because when she was younger, they made fun of her for having curly hair. And to this day, she straightens her hair. And her husband's like, I love her curly hair. Mm -hmm. Well, until she talked about it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're letting some high schooler decide how you wear your hair? And you can kind of go, oh, why am I letting what they said in high school affect me now as a successful woman? Mm -hmm. So talking about it with a counselor, which I know we have here at Cornerstone, Mm -hmm. um, some of the deep wounds, some of the parent wounds, some of the racial wounds, some of the things that where you have felt rejection that you know not everyone is gonna understand, talking to someone and kind of Mm -hmm. opening it up to the light Mm -hmm. is a way for God to kind of get in there and say, just give it to me and let's look at it together 
And then you can begin steps with forgiveness and kind of moving mm -hmm. forward into things that maybe you've been kept from because you haven't been able to move past that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I thought the shadow imagery was so important because the, the rejection can be gone, but we're still living in the shadow as if it's there. Yeah. And it's, it's not there anymore. And so there's a point where we have to step out from under that shadow because that rejection is not even a part of our life anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's time to come in to the light and outside of that and live who God's created us to be, be who he's called us to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, the, at the core of the ministry of our church is besides preaching the gospel and some of the core things, what we do is relationships. It's connecting people in relationships because mm -hmm. that's where we grow. That's where we're challenged the most. And that's where we have an opportunity to um, take things like this and actually have a conversation with someone about it and it um, actually and bring it out into the light. That's where the power is. It builds the conversations that I've had while working on this mm -hmm. are people sharing with me their rejection stories mm -hmm. and it brings us together. Like I, I yeah, see a whole different connecting. side of them. Yeah. That I didn't know a part that formed who they are that they might still wrestle with, which allows me to then affirm them in who they are today and speak truth to them about who they are. Um, so it's actually been really cool at enriching some mm -hmm. of my friendships that I've had for a long time because mm -hmm. these are stories that we don't just tell when we're hanging out for coffee. They're stories that hang out in the background. And mm -hmm. so when we do talk about them, um, it takes their power and it also allows other people in and, and enriches the, mm -hmm. the dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. I was reading about, I've read years ago about um, foster kids and the rejection that they go through oftentimes in the early years of life, especially between the age of zero and three, mm -hmm. um, when they're neglected or abandoned. Um, and there was a lot of, there's scientific research done on how our brain forms in those years, mm -hmm. right? And it's it's obviously very developmental and mm -hmm. um, so, much, so much of our brain is formed. But um, these children that were studied who had trauma and were abandoned, their brain formed differently. And there's these connectors that form when your needs are met consistently hmm. by a loving parent. And when they're right. not, they form differently, right? And so they they cause um, they cause a, a, in a person years later to not be able to trust, um, to struggle with insecurities in a way where their brain was formed, the world is unstable. And I could walk off a cliff at any point because right. that's what I learned from zero to, to three years old. And so... I think oftentimes, and it's it's even after three years old, I think that there can be things that happen to us that actually, it, it's so subconscious and it's mm -hmm. formed in our psyche and in our brain that yeah. we don't even realize that 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 event or those series of event is actually dictating our life in a way where yeah. um, we, we just make decisions in a way where we didn't know that that's what was helping us make a decision in a negative way. Right. And so oh, there's a lot for us to time. unpack. That's it, too. It's, it's, it's not like always God, the obvious rejections. Ways? It's like a false, and I just hate the devil because I think yeah. God wants to set up this matrix where we trust and we feel safe and we're yeah. safe in his palm. And Satan just replaces that with this, I'm mm -hmm. not safe and I can't trust anyone. And he loves for us to live there. And so if we can just go and say, God, where is this false self? Where is this place? Is there any place in me? that is living out of an old wounding yeah. that is keeping me from doing or being who I need to be or keeping yeah. me from fully trusting you or whatever. Cause that's true because it hangs out. I think mm -hmm. we don't even realize how much it's driving our life, mm -hmm. but that's how talking to somebody helps yeah. because there's reflection back and it's like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even think how that 
was mm-hmm. impacting my fear of relationships or mm-hmm. my, you know, the way I handled myself at work or whatever. Yeah. They're all, it's, it is connected. Yeah, there are reasons why. Yeah. And, but the good news is, is they're healing. There's absolutely There's healing. He- yes. God is healing. The, the relationships we have can heal us if we're, if we bring it out in the light. It's right. absolutely true. And, and hundreds, thousands, so many people have been healed of some of those things. Right. Because they, they dealt with it. And, and God and wants it. God yes, wants us to be absolutely. healthy That's what he does. and whole and right. That's it. Jesus would heal people and make them of sound mind. And to me, I always see that as anything in our mind that is um, where Satan has just twisted things. Yeah. That Jesus can go in and make it straight yep. and give us right views of ourselves and the world and of God and For everything sure. like that. Something that's been helpful is to... Um, to think about what are the lies that we typically believe about ourselves or will often like these tapes that play in our yes. head that are lies about ourselves right. that we'll kind of buy into from mm-hmm. time to time mm-hmm. and write them down, mm-hmm. like make a list. It could be two, it could be 15 different things that, yeah, on occasion I will believe that lie about myself mm-hmm. and I'll, and I'll hear, I'll hear it playing in my head and, and I'll believe it. Um, and just putting it on paper is really helpful and looking at it and labeling it. These are lies. Yeah. That, no, like, that is very It's such powerful. a healthy exercise. Mm-hmm. When I had my first son, um, I had severe postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, horrible. And for many months, it just, it was just devastating. Um, and a friend eventually asked, invited me up for just some of her friends to pray over me. And they said, because I couldn't even get in the word. I was just depressed. Yeah. I was anxious. I was angry. Um, it was I was a, it was like a different person. It mm-hmm. was so rough. And so they said, what are some of the lies that Satan's telling you? And I said, I'm defective. I'm a monster. I'll mm-hmm. never be happy again. Um, I'm a horrible mother. I'm, mm-hmm. And they wrote them down. Mm. And then they spoke truth over me and gave me scriptures for the truth. Yeah. And so the next so time good. Satan wanted to say, you're a monster, right. you're never going to be happy. I was like, oh, no, those are lies. Mm-hmm. I had named them as lies. So I love that you said that because I named them as lies so that even if my my heart was, you know, even if I was depressed or in that place, my mind could go, no, those are mm-hmm. lies. This is what God says about me. Yep. And that was a turning point in my recovery from mm-hmm. postpartum depression was naming the lies and speaking out truth mm-hmm. over them. So that is great. Yeah, I think that's no, a great good. exercise for anybody that's watching this to write down the lies that, you know, Satan is telling yeah. you about yourself and then speak the truth out because and then, again, and then bring it in searching light, for that scripture that counters those lies is phenomenal. Yeah. And they're there. That's a great, um, so. that's, I'm glad you brought that up because well, that's thank, very yeah, powerful. Thank you for the time that you put into the sermon and the yeah. work that you put in. I know that it will uh, have an impact on a lot of people's lives. I hope so. And we're going to carry on next week, the last week of our fear series. Um, Becky Fitch is going to be preaching with the fear of the unknown, all those scary things in the world that could happen mm-hmm. um, that that a lot of people struggle with, that fear of uh I, don't I know. do. Like so the, I can't like wait. You mentioned the active shooter one. Or yeah. the, there's so many. The yeah. world is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit. So hope you have a good week. We'll talk to you all soon.